Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Grassroots Pharmacy. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. Uh, we're going to be talking a possible, well, not, he is a recruit. But when will when could he potentially join Kentucky? We'll discuss that. Uh, we haven't got a chance to mention E.J. Montgomery testing the waters, and John Calipari has got a new whip. I guess he got jealous of his players um, because he might be rolling around Lexington in something new. Uh, but Kyle, I guess let's start with the thing that um, we didn't get to last week that was kind of newsworthy. Uh, not super unexpected in my estimation. E.J. Montgomery is going to ta- test the NBA draft waters. I mean, when you when you saw that, is that's prob- is that what you expected to happen? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have stunned me if he just said like I'm coming back because if you look at the language of it, I want he says I want to be a first rounder. Um, I you know I think logic can tell you that's not going to be. It's almost certainly not going to be that feedback, um, and so he probably could have saved himself some time. But I, I think this is a useful process for guys that have aspirations to to be that. Uh, because they get sort of unvarnished, real, actual NBA feedback. They can go, um, one, you're allowed to hire an agent now um, and still come back to school. So, you know, he can go and he can, you know, deal with that whole process and see what that's about. Um, He can speak directly to these teams. He can work out directly for these teams. I don't know if he'll get a combine invite or not. I think that will be very informative to him just on its own. If he doesn't get invited to the combine, we kind of know where he stands. But uh, if he does get to go to the combine, that's significant for him. Um, All the things that he'll get to do will give him even more concrete feedback. And, you know, I think it's a good opportunity. Like PJ Washington came back to school having basically taken that decision down to the wire. He, he took, he went all the way to the end in the process and, and, really got a good grasp of what people wanted to see in the NBA. Like this is, this is what it'll take for us to draft you where you want to be drafted. And he came back to school and did it. So um, I think it's very useful for him, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't really surprise me that he's doing it. And I don't think it's really uh, any, I guess I can't say any, but not very much reason for concern uh, for Kentucky fans, because I find it very, 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 very unlikely that he's going to hear from anybody. We're going to take you in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may not hear from anybody that they're going to take him at all. I mean, like right now, he's not a projected draft pick at all. Um, and so I think this is mostly just for him to get information and have a good sense of what he needs to do next season at Kentucky. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I, I don't know. I guess people, sometimes when you get close to situations, you don't realize how sometimes it's it's a little bit difficult to understand, but it kind of always amazes me that even though we who cover Kentucky and Kentucky fans go through this process every year, there always seems to be a bunch of people on the internet who can't differentiate between testing the NBA waters and staying in the NBA draft, because as soon as this announcement's made, I see multiple comments online about how, oh, well, hope you enjoy the G League. 
What yeah. you're making a huge mistake. I mean, making it clear, EJ Montgomery, as Kyle just laid out, you know, most likely, if I had to make a prediction, he'd be back next season. Um, but you know, th- this leaves the the option open for him because uh, the way I understand it, we are recording this. It's it's getting. Let's see. It's about a little after ten o'clock here on Sunday evening. The deadline to put your name in the NBA draft, I think, is tonight. Um, so I guess we'll have a little bit more clarity on the next edition of the show about Nick Richards and, and some other things like that, if, if, if the NBA is a potential route for him or not. Um, so, so we'll know that then, but overall on Montgomery, I think that this is, um, I think I made this point on Twitter. This is the first time John Calipari really gets to use the PJ Washington selling point on somebody, <laughs> um, because yeah. Montgomery is the closest guy to what PJ Washington was last year of the of the guys that were you know testing the NBA waters, even though Hero and Johnson only <laughs> tested them for a little bit, um, but there there is a much, such a such a high ceiling for EJ. There's so much more room uh, where he can improve, and obviously he plays a similar position to PJ. Um, you know they're both EJ and PJ. Their names rhyme, so they got that going for them. <laughs> Yep. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I just think that this is just the way things will go. And I, I cannot, I, I didn't, I'm not, I'll ask you this, Kyle, have you seen EJ's name on any like mock draft list at all? No. Okay. No. And I mean, that's, you know, to me, that's the big telling, you know, part of this is that, you know, there's, there's no one that I've found. Uh, that seems to think that he's going to be drafted. Now that may some of these lists may get updated now that they know he's actually interested. I, I think most people just assumed they look at his the season he had. He wasn't a starter. He was, uh, you know, average what three points and four rebounds or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, most people look at that and go, "Of course he's not coming out." Um, and so he maybe part of the reason he's not on some of those lists. Um, is that, and maybe that, maybe that changes now that he's in or sort of in, but I, I just find it hard to believe that he's going to, um, he's going to get any kind of feedback that he wants to hear right now. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on all that uh, going forward. Uh, next thing we probably should mention, um, on Friday, this was a surprise to nobody really, but it, it is newsworthy. Matthew Hurt did what most people thought he was going to do and picked Duke. And <laughs> there was portions of of people around basketball that kind of pointed to and said, oh, Duke beat Kentucky again. And I did had, had someone tweet at me, Kyle, about like, you know, what is, is, is there a, a common theme for, for Duke beating Kentucky for all these guys and, and you know, Calipari not having... I don't know. You did you run the numbers last year? Is that what it was about? Like the how the recruiting had kind of fallen off. To I mean, it's all relative. Uh, but I guess he hadn't had. I don't. I can't remember the the demarcation. Was it like top five recruit or something along? Yeah, th- this will be. I think the fourth straight class he hasn't had a top five recruit. Okay. Yeah, and um, I, and hurt wasn't that. I, well, he might have been in some rankings. He was. Yeah, he was like seventh or eighth. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, and. We're gonna. I'll roll this into the next segment as well, but I'll, I'll let you comment real quick. I just, Kyle, I feel like this is. It's not luck in the sense that the the teams that get these recruits 
are lucky. They're just doing a slightly better job. But when you like look at the two major, the two highly rated recruits, I guess that Kentucky missed out on this year, Matthew Hurt and James Wiseman. It goes like this: If Memphis doesn't hire Penny Hardaway, James Wiseman's at Kentucky, and then um, if if you roll things to the end of the season, if Trey Jones had gone pro, Matthew Hurt probably is at Kentucky, right? I mean, am I sim- making that a little bit too simple? No, I mean, I think it, that's a there's a very good chance that that's the case. I mean, they they made it clear that the point guard was going to be a big deal, and then after he committed, he he made it clear Matthew Hurt did that. Trey Jones' decision was pretty much the the deal maker uh, for them, and you know Duke or Kentucky also had its point guard come back. Uh, I think right now, pretty much universally, um, you know, if you're a player who's trying to play with somebody and how looking at how it benefits you offensively, just about anybody would have probably picked Trey Jones over Ashton Hagens mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. And I don't mean that is a slight to Ashton Hagens. I mean, Hagens is probably a superior defender, or you could at least make that argument. I think Jones is a very good defender as well. Um, but as a setup man right now, I think most people will take Trey Jones. So, um, yeah, I think it kind of came down to that. And I think if, if Trey Jones had gone elsewhere and Duke had total uncertainty at point guard, uh, you'd, you'd probably be looking at Matthew Hurd at Kentucky. Yeah, so – uh, like we'll probably over the summer dive into a little bit more recruiting depth and, and get into maybe some of our theories about why Kentucky isn't getting the top five guys <laughs> as much um, anymore. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but coming up next, we are going to talk about a guy who potentially could come to Kentucky since we're talking about uh, recruiting a little bit. Um, but before that, I do want to tell you guys about grassroots uh, pharmacy. Uh, We've been telling you about them for a bit. Kyle, Kyle and I both now uh, get all our prescriptions uh, from there. I actually have to get a refill. So this this ad read is is being super beneficial to me because it's reminding me to call them <laughs> on Monday morning so I can get my medication. Uh, they're a great spot because they really care. Like that's that's their whole thing. Um, they're over in Hamburg, uh, next to the movie theater. Um, you know, it, they're they're also really interested in kind of like the whole health deal. They got the, the smoothies. You know, they they sponsored the NCAA bracket challenge that we did here, and one of the prizes was was their smoothies. Um, so it's not just like your typical pharmacy. They're not going to rush in and rush out. They're going to answer all your questions um, and and just really help you feel better. Like that's their goal, which is probably should be the goal of most pharmacies. But if you've been to to one in a chain store, sometimes you don't feel like that. Um, so go check them out. Uh, grassrootspharmacy.com get more information get directions um and just check them out you you know i mean i i made the switch and i i'm loving it so far so see if it's right for you you are locked on kentucky part of the locked on podcast network i was i thought that uh joel justice and john calipari just went out to la to take a ride in Keldon johnson's car but i guess they were also visiting a recruit out there Yes, and John Calipari was also negotiating with the Los Angeles Lakers coach LeBron James. Uh, just throwing that out there. Um, no, that's not that's not happening. But uh, yeah, they they also they they went to take a ride in Keldon's car to watch uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander in the playoffs. And also, since they were out there and they just finished their brunch with LeBron James and and Jeannie uh, Bus and Maverick uh, Carter. Yes, they uh, they stopped in to see and make an offer to 
2025 star shooting guard named uh, Johnny Juzang. I think that's how you say it. J-U-Z-A-N-G. They got way too many dudes in this class or in these two classes that are uh, making me have to figure out how to pronounce names. But um, Dante to Juzang to Je- Juzang to Dante. Dante to Juzang. <laughs> Uh, at least it's not the first name on uh, Dante, which I clearly can't say. Navale. Um, but, you know, this is an interesting one. He's from Studio City, California. Uh, five-star shooting guard. He's a, basically a wing. He's a six-seven wing. Um, pretty good shooter, but, I mean, I, you know, it, it, I guess we should say up front he's a, a potential reclassification option. There's been some uh some buzz that he's at least a, a potential guy who could move from 2020 to 2019 which would mean he would be on next year's team if he came to Kentucky if he pulls off the reclass um but if you're looking for just the dead eye shooter I mean I don't know that he's that he, he shot 35% from 3 uh as a junior in high school uh he shot 43% from 3 on the Adidas AAU circuit last spring and summer um pretty good numbers but like nobody's gonna say that dude is like you know a sniper necessarily um and so you know is that the answer for kentucky if they're looking for one more shooter i don't know um and two they've got seems like they got plenty of six seven wings at this point (laughs) on the roster uh, well, I, I mean, and you know, you, you we've we've talked about this at length, but you know, you, if you get to a point where you use the six-seven wing as a four-man as opposed to a three-man, then you can kind of create some advantages. But for the most part, it seems like Calipari' strategy has just been to use them as as threes instead of fours. And so, yeah. I mean, like if that's what the NBA is going to to a certain extent, is everybody's can play outside. So, like having him on the roster could be a big addition depending on how you use him but what to your point that you're making kyle like they need a a wing that can shoot and while he can shoot that's not like i guess and i have never seen him play but what i read about him that's like not his strength of strengths it's something he's yeah. good at it but it's not like his go-to yeah he averaged 23 points and almost 10 rebounds a game last year so i mean it's it's good that you've got a wing that will go attack the glass but uh I, you know just looking at that number 35 percent from three in high school um doesn't blow me away. No. Um, now, with that scoring average, it means he's probably taking a pretty high volume. Um, so you know, maybe he's and maybe he's the the best player on his team, and he's jacking a bunch of shots and contested shots and things like that. I don't know. He certainly shot it better. I mean, almost eight or well, more than eight percent better uh, during travel ball. And I mean, like that—that that number is okay. If you told me he was a consistently forty-three percent three-point shooter during his high school years, you'd feel pretty good about that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I—I I just know they—they've got to have somebody on this roster, whether it's someone already there, and I could certainly see Emmanuel quickly become that guy, or somebody they bring in who's like you can absolutely count on to make threes at a high clip, not thirty in the thirties but in the forties. Um, and so, um, that's important and it's clear they're trying to find somebody. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what this indicates. Um, because I don't, there's not any concrete information. I don't believe about a reclassification. And also I think Cal is like, he's already put out like 10 or 12, uh, 
2020 offers. And some of those are guys that are reclass options, but some of that is, and we haven't really talked about that yet on this, and maybe we should do a whole podcast on it, but like Kentucky could lose basically everybody next year. Um, I mean, it's always a big roster turnover, but the, the one coming after next season could be the most dramatic roster turnover. Not only Kentucky has ever seen, but like almost anybody you know, short of like a coaching change where like at, like at Pitt, I think the whole roster left after uh, Stallings got there slash left um, or was fired. But it's going to be ma- major, major turnover. It's hard to find guys that you could say, I think they're coming back next year. Dante Allen's probably the only guy on that list. And, you know, that's partially because of an injury. But And he's probably a three- or four-year guy anyway. But beyond that, I don't think you can guarantee any of those guys are coming back. And, and that, so, well, that's maybe why you know they're and when we're talking about all these things, all these things, there's there's so many moving parts, and you hear just some rumors and speculation. But you know that would kind of be why they would be looking at a, a, a traditional transfer from Nevada. Yes. Um, and, and, and should probably get a couple. I mean, they I think they have a couple potential guys that would be more traditional sit out transfers. Yeah. And I'd be going after every one of those guys that's any good because, you know, that that's a real luxury if you have two or three guys who come in this year and sit out and practice against your team and with your team and then they're available. They're not they're not typical uh, returners, but on a, on a year where you might lose everybody, that, you know, they'll have to do. Yeah, and I almost feel like Calipari might fall into a trap where when, when something doesn't work, perfectly once he kind of like just scraps it and like well i'm just gonna do what i've been doing because that's been pretty successful and i almost feel like that might have happened with julius mays not because of anything mays did but because of the success of that team and then he didn't get back on the grad transfer train until recently and he's been trying to keep caveats in there where he can save face to a certain extent which i think he you and i kyle both agree on this he just needs to get over and say that I've seen the light on grad transfers. Yes. They're actually a good thing. Um, but maybe, and maybe this is me reading a too, bit too much into it because, like, we've, I, I feel like we've had this discussion before, you know, when we had the old podcast, just talking on the radio in years past. Like, it makes sense for the way Calipari constructs teams to have traditional transfers that are sitting out a season and then have, um, have some experience. But, like, did Ryan Harrow just scare him off of every <laughs> regular yeah. transfer or what? Maybe, but like in that situation, I think Cal had nobody to blame but himself. Because yeah. I mean, I I'm I'm not even that close to it, and everyone I know that knew anything about Ryan Harrow told me that was going to be a, a, a disaster. I mean, like that was not like that was a bad fit from the start, and I, you know part of the problem though with that was Cal wasn't recruiting Ryan Harrow to ever be the starting point guard. Mm-hmm. Or certainly not his first season after sitting out. He thought, very honestly thought, he was going to have Marcus Teague back for another year. Now, one thing we never do talk about is like when Ryan. Apparently, when Ryan Hero was just had the you know was free and knew there was no pressure and he wasn't going to play and he was just practicing. He was terrific uh, during that championship year. And one thing that no one's ever really talked about because he was such a bust as an actual player for them. Is like, did he, how much better did he make Marcus Teague though mm-hmm. in practice? Um, so he may have contributed something to a very important season, the most important Calipari season, 
that he gets no credit for. Um, but anyway, my point being, maybe it did scare Cal off from transfers for a little while, traditional ones. Uh, and the idea that, well, if they were, if they didn't work out somewhere else, there was a reason and they're defective and why would I take one? Yeah. But everybody's situation is different. Style of play has to come in, has to be factored in. If you looked at the guy in high school and you liked him and you knew he was a good player and it just didn't work out where he went, then, you know, maybe you take that chance. And, and Jordan Brown may be one of those uh, cases, the Nevada transfer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I think one, grad transfers make a lot of sense. I think two, uh, we're, we're saying traditional transfers where you have some guys in your system for a year or two um, is not a bad idea either. A guy sitting out and practicing against your team. So I, I think as Cal has gotten more and more frustrated with the with – how hard it is to coach these young annually young teams he's got to be thinking about some other ways to to age up a little bit yeah uh without a doubt uh coming up next we (laughs) are going to talk a little bit about vehicles we mentioned in passing Keldon's car Uh, we hadn't really touched on that fully plus as i mentioned at the top uh you might be seeing john calipari out on the streets of lexington in a new vehicle and you might want to take precaution this is locked on kentucky your team every day. How many times have you gotten behind the wheel of a McLaren 720S Spider, Kyle? Not ever. Never ever? Like I thought nope. that that's how you, they wooed you at the athletic. I thought that's how they <laughs> yeah, got they, they bring us out to San Francisco and we get to drive uh, $300,000 sports cars. No, that is not how it goes. I I do always find it funny when uh I, do you did you watch the the TMZ video? Of Keldon Johnson? No, I didn't. He was so awkward. He did not know what to do with himself. (laughs) Like, I'm watching him, and this guy's, he's, I don't even know what he was, he was asking him about, like, that's the thing that TMZ does, and I guess, like, congrats on having a successful business model, but it is actually, like, actually just boring, because I click on the link, and I'm like, well, I'm there, I might as well see what what he says about his car and he said absolutely nothing they have to ask him about the warriors clippers game he made like a just well both teams are really good something just silly and then he goes this is a really nice car and he goes yep and then he got in his car and that was the end of the video it was like such a boring video and i'm like you made me you made me click on this link congrats for for doing <laughs> that but um but the clear thing one thing up uh, and we don't know this for certain but we we are we are theorizing that that is not something he bought because yeah, I, mean, I, I would say almost certainly not. For one, it would be really dumb to fly to California and buy a $300,000 car that you have to drive back across the country or whatever. Uh, Unless you're doing like a road trip reality show <laughs> yeah. that you're getting paid for, because that would be yeah. a good good mis- business venture. Yeah, although I don't know if anybody wants to put those miles on a McLaren. Uh, How often do you have to get the oil changed in a McLaren? Probably like every time you take it out of the neighborhood, you probably have to fill it up every time you take it out of the neighborhood too. With just I'm, the, and you have to go to like a airport or something to yes. get like jet fuel. Yeah, if you if you drop the pedal down for ten seconds, your tank is empty. But um, no, I mean like, so he's in California. He's got courtside seats at the playoff game, and he's in a McLaren. I'm gonna guess that his agent that he just signed with wanted to show him a good time yeah had him out there got him courtside seats got him a sweet luxury rental car for the weekend put him up in the penthouse suite at some really nice hotel and 
you know, he probably also had reservations at the nicest restaurant in uh, Los Angeles. And that's all part of the sort of the wine and dine that comes with, you know, being a new pro athlete who, whose agent wants to have them happy. So, um, you know, maybe he bought it. If he bought it, it was a terrible decision. Like I, I I try not to judge these guys about any of this stuff. Like I don't judge their stay go. And I taught you, everybody that's listening to me has heard me talk a lot about like, look, you don't know these guys situations and yada, yada, yada. But it's not like a judgy thing to just say, to use judgment and say that if you are a, you know, probably non-lottery pick, probably 20 to 30 in the draft guy who's only going to have a couple million dollars guaranteed. That's it. Don't buy a $300,000 car. I mean, just like, I feel, I feel okay saying that if he bought that car, that was a really bad decision and he got some really bad advice. But I say all that to say that I don't, I would be stunned to learn that he actually bought that car. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> two more things on on the whole LA trip uh uh specifically about the clippers whose game he was at last week uh and who I guess are now down 3-1 to the warriors after uh Sunday's result but Shea Gilgis Alexander is getting his name out there what did he have 24 points uh 25 in, 25 well, I points I believe it was the the most um ever by a clippers rookie in a playoff game not that that's, that's probably not a long list of players but uh, nonetheless, he's a rookie in an NBA playoff series against the two-time defending NBA champion Warriors, and he uh, scored 25. Yeah, so and he's had some other good moments. He's yeah. also gotten worked a couple times. Kevin Durant just wore him out a couple times the other night. But uh, Shea is clearly going to be a really good NBA player. He's starting as a rookie. I mean, think about think back to you know two summers ago when he was the the seventh ranked the seventh highest ranked recruit in his own class at Kentucky, the the guy at the bottom of the list when you're looking at who Kentucky was bringing in, not a starter when the season began and a, became a lottery pick and became an NBA starter and has scored now 25 points in an NBA playoff game as a rookie. Pretty incredible. Without, without a doubt. Uh, the other thing of note, and we mentioned it in the last segment, uh, that uh, Keldon Johnson had better seats than John Calipari. That's uh, yeah. uh how about that? Like uh, I was all the way back in the second row, it looked like from the picture he tweeted out, there was one head and one person's back of the per- one person's head in front of Cal. Yep. Um oh how the mighty have fallen. I mean, come on, Cal. You used to brag all the time about how you would have uh what would he say, like uh, Feet on the wood. Feet on the wood and Keldon Johnson had it. I guess uh he's taken player first program to uh, seating arrangements. Uh, the final thing I wanted to mention about John Calipari is on, uh, which is, uh, you know, we're, it's, this is, uh, we're recording this on Easter, and thank you, Kyle, for getting the kids down so we can record this podcast on a holiday. Hope everyone had a fantastic holiday. Um, but we are, you know, holiday is a great time to be thankful for things, and I will be thankful for Ellen Calipari's Instagram again because she posted a, a picture tonight of John Calipari on a yellow moped thing and it seems to me that he will be going to get his Dunkin Donuts because there was tags with it to his friend uh, Joe Palumbo one of his coffee buddies uh, that's kind of common knowledge and she said hey watch out Joe Cal's gonna be coming on this to get coffee tomorrow so 
be careful out there on the streets of Lexington. If you see a yellow moped, yield. If you're a Kentucky fan, or you're going to cause some problems potentially. Yes, uh, and also this is actually not new. Like I don't, he may, may have put it up for a while, but a couple of years ago, maybe more than that, uh, I was hear stories of of John Calipari mopeding. Uh, it's kind of like a Vespa. I don't think the brand is Vespa, but uh, uh, scootering around Lexington with his little helmet on uh, and relatively anonymously because I don't think anybody would be out there looking expecting your $9 million a year coach to be puttering around town on a scooter. But he's apparently been doing that for a while, and I saw Megan, his daughter, posted that he uh, actually bought a BMX bicycle helmet to go with that thing back when they were back in Memphis. I thought you were going to say he bought a BMX bike because... No, that would be... <laughs> if Kyle like, wore a backpack and like some bands... <laughs> <laughs> and like I don't know what else what else you wear with that outfit but and was riding a BMX bike like standing up and like had the the, the little spokes on the back so you could stand up Joel Justice is on the spokes <laughs> uh, Joel in his uh his yoga pants with his ankle <laughs> tattoo riding shotgun or riding on the back of the spoke um <laughs> yeah Cal wearing Crocs or something but the uh, th- this is apparently a thing that Cal's been doing for years, including wow. in Memphis, uh, just scootering around town. I guess I, I it's probably some combination of like it at least gives him a little bit of a feeling like he has a motorcycle, but he doesn't really want to like the the power of a Harley uh, to get away from him. And also, I think probably that he really thinks like he realizes how ridiculous it is that he's the, a guy on a scooter. And that people will just won't be thinking that that's him when he's around town, and it's the best way he can go anonymously from place to place. Well, now everybody knows, thanks to Ellen Calipari's Instagram. So, yep. if you have a like a yellow scooter, everyone's going to be thinking you're John Calipari. <laughs> it's the best way to get autograph requests, I guess. There we go. So, all right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore. A-T-H. You can find me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Uh, Stay tuned this week. We've got some fun things in store for you. I'm really excited about an interview that I'm going to be doing on Monday, which is probably when you're listening to this. Uh, that'll be coming out later this week. Uh, please follow along with the show at Locked On UK on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Please rate. Please review. Please subscribe. All those really, really help. And then most importantly, share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello. Hold on one second. Let me, I think I got a bad pair of headphones. Give me like one second. Okay. Now I got it. Something was loose. Can you hear me still? I can, yeah. Okay, good. Good. We are good.